Good morning, church family and distinguished guests. Uh, bless you today as we come to worship together. Uh, so I would like to introduce a, a video of one of our friends, of one of our missionaries that we support uh, in France, uh, Michelle and Brandon Birch, and their four uh, awesome children. I'm partial to Noam, uh, who they adopted. He has my birthday, so that's uh, fantastic. Uh, so they, they are located about an hour north of Paris, um, and in their ministry, you'll see in the video... Uh, one of their priorities is this property that they purchased um, and, in the past year. And so they've been working through uh, getting it ready to build out. And uh, I spoke with Brandon this past week, and I want to expand on what he shares in the video. Uh, he, ha- he has a contractor uh, who is a professing uh, Christian there in their, near their community in France. And um, that contractor will be... Uh, doing an expense summary, you know, doing the, the build-out cost and all that. And Brandon's going to share that with me. Um, I asked him to do that. Um, and the purpose of that is so that we can look for an opportunity to go and provide some labor uh, to help in that process, in that build-out. I would love to take a team over there. Um, he would love that, of course. And so I will gladly share that with any of those interested. Uh, another big part of their ministry is prayer week that happens there in Paris uh, every year. That happens in June, um, and Brandon expressed a, a very big desire for one of their supporting churches to join them during that prayer week. Uh, you'll be doing some traveling and so forth. Uh, I would love, love, love to take a team from here also for that week, uh, which happens every year in June. So whether it's me and one other person, me and five people, uh, I would love to do that. They have yet to have a supporting church uh, join them during that week, and that is a big, big desire of Brandon's. Uh, So I I would love to talk with you about that if you are interested. Uh, World Team also has internships for those that may be interested, um, and it backs into or it comes up to that prayer week um, where those interns are there for three weeks. So I would like to plug that as well. Uh, many of you might know that the 2024 Summer Olympics are happening in Paris. Uh, Brandon expressed to me this past week that that's going to be a huge opportunity for them. And so with this property that you're going to see in this video, uh, during the build-out of that, they hope to use this uh, when those Summer Olympics happen. They've got some things that they're planning for that uh, to minister to people and, and et cetera. Uh, so once this this build-out and and schematics are done for this building you'll see it'll take 12 to 18 months to complete Uh, so I I would love to help in some way in that Uh, no further ado uh, please listen to Brandon as he shares with us hello to everyone there uh, Grace Community Church I hope everyone is well um, first, just thank you for taking the time to pray for um, uh, my family, the Birch family. I'm located here in northern France, uh, just about an hour north of Paris. And uh, we're praying for you as well that uh, you would have a wonderful uh, missions conference uh, soon in March and that God would do incredible things uh, in your midst uh, as you serve him uh, there in Alabama and around the world. Um, 
as many of you know, uh, our family um, went through a, a move this year where God made it possible for us to move into a new a home that was not far from where we lived, but was a, a better fit for our family. And what was really the motivation behind the move is because uh, also on this property was um, this old, another building an, uh, that was an old button factory uh, that we have plans along with some other partners to transform into a cultural center uh, here in our town uh, that can kind of be a, a physical location and uh, a gospel presence here in our new community called Val Dompierre. Um, so first, let me stop there, and I'll show you a little brief highlight film from this summer, um, showing some of the first phases of the work, and uh, we'll go from there. There you can see the first phase of uh, taking the building and creating an open rectangular space um, has been mostly completed uh, there with our small team this summer. Um, so just please pray for us for the, for the next steps that God would lead us to the right architects, the right contractors, the right people that can guide us um, for the next phases that we hope to kick in the gear here soon. Um, also, you can just pray for our our family. Um, we were uh, we praise the Lord for the the ways that He provided for us to be able to make this move. Um, but with that move came a lot of change, and uh, change can be can be hard at times. Just new routines, new um, new problems. <laughs> we're we're first time homeowners um, here in a in a foreign country and. Uh, in France, of an of a old house. It was built in around 1860. So uh, it's come with its share of problems already in these first few months. Um, so just pray that God would continue to um, provide the energy we need, um, the resources we need um, to fix the things that need to be fixed, um, take care of the things that come up. Um, but that God would take all of these, even now, uh, even in the midst of renovations and challenges, that God would take these new opportunities, these new relationships, um, and he just, he'd keep knocking open new doors, and uh, that we would see fruit um, from the seeds that we're able to sow um, here in, in Val Pierre and in the surrounding um, community. Um, yeah, so thank you so much again uh, for your support, for your prayers. And uh, may God be glorified 
um, by your ministry and by this March Missions Conference. God bless. Good morning, everyone, and good morning, church. It's good to see all of you today. Um, this is a very exciting day. Anytime you have the opportunity to baptize new believers, uh, there's just an excitement that, that I have just being able to meet with them, being able to hear how they came to Christ, uh, being able to hear the excitement in their voices about wanting to share with others about the good news of the gospel. And today we have five candidates for baptism. And one of the most uh, joyous times I have is, like I said, being able to meet with them one-on-one and just listening to what the Lord has done in their life and what he's doing in their life. Each one of these that are being baptized today has a testimony. They have a story. This is not just an event for them, but it's an event for us. Okay, so this is what I mean by that. This is something for them that I hope that the Lord will give them recall for the rest of their lives. Um, The day they said to a congregation, I know the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior, and I want to follow him and live for him. But there's also a responsibility that is placed on each of us that know Christ to invest in these young people. So that's where you come in. This is not just a a day where you are viewing five individuals being baptized. But this is a day when you have the responsibility to accept that these five individuals are members of the family of God and God has given you the opportunity to be involved in their lives. I don't know what you think about the church, but it's not an individualistic thing. Um, It's a living organism. And it's made up of a lot of people, not only here in this building, but in this city and around the world. And so I hope you're excited about this morning to be able to witness what God has done in saving these individuals and bringing them to a point in their life where they're being obedient, being baptized. It's not only a picture of our Lord, but it's an opportunity for them to declare they belong to Him, and it's a witness. Because I have to assume that there may be some in this audience today that may have never said, yes, I know the Lord Jesus Christ. I have trusted in him as my Savior. And what better day to get saved than today? (laughs) So this morning, we want to begin, and our first candidate for baptism is Rosemary Falaw. Don't drag the handkerchief. This is Rosemary. Say hello to everybody, Rosemary. All right. She's a little nervous, but that's okay. Yeah, I've met with a lot of people in 31 years um, that come to the point to wanting to be baptized. But Rosemary's excitement was just amazing. Um, And the thing that stuck out to me about meeting with Rosemary was her excitement, not only about her own salvation, 
but just the excitement that she has to want to share the gospel with others. And that's, that's infectious, and I'm so thankful for that. Thank you for encouraging me. So, Rosemary, with all these folks looking at you, all right, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, sir. Isn't that awesome? Amen? And is it your desire to live for him? Yes, sir. That's great, too. So with all these witnesses, it is my privilege, Rosemary, to baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our next, next candidate is Hadley Ting, Tingle. They get taller. <laughs> Say hello to everybody, Hadley. Hello. <laughs> you know, Hadley, I was thinking that I've known you since I met you in the hospital. And that's been a couple of minutes ago. Uh, one of the great privileges I have as a pastor is to engage with these children all along the way. And it's a blessing. And so it is a wonderful blessing to be in this baptistry with Hadley, uh, having an opportunity to watch her grow up. And um, I'm just super excited for what the Lord is doing in your life. She's got a wonderful spirit and a soft spirit. And I know, just listening to her the other day and talking with her, that she has a desire to follow the Lord, and that's exciting for me as a pastor. And you pray for her. She, um, she needs prayer. She's in public school, uh, being a witness for the Lord, and you, know, you guys know how that is. And so you pray for Hadley. Hadley, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, sir. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. We should be clapping, by the way. We give all the glory to the Lord. And is it your desire, Hadley, to live for the Lord Jesus Christ in your life? Yes, sir. All right, and all God's people said amen to that. It is my privilege, my sister, to baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You all right? Our next candidate for baptism is Kylie Falon. Like I said, they get taller. And this baptistry is unique. Let me just put it that way. I had an opportunity to uh, meet with Kylie uh, several months back and then again recently. And one of the most exciting things uh, to hear from Kylie is just not only her desire to live for the Lord, but her desire to be discipled. And um, Debbie White is doing that. Debbie's back here. You can't see her. But uh, Debbie uh, is discipling, currently discipling Kylie. And as we talked about last week, you know, how many of us have been discipled in our lives? And so to see a young lady have a desire to be discipled in the Word of God from an early age is really, really important. And we're super excited about what the Lord is doing in her life. All right? So, Kylie, I want to ask you, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, sir. 
And all God's people said amen. Hey, look, don't, don't think you're taking up time. We're not in a rush. I mean, this is awesome. You can clap for 10 minutes as far as I'm concerned. Uh, is it your desire to live for the Lord Jesus? Yes, sir. All right. Well, it's my privilege to baptize you now, my sister. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> All right, the next candidate for baptism is Kenny Rosno. I call him Kenny the Jet, but that's just something that I do. It's he's okay with it too, aren't you? All right. I've called him Kenny the Jet for a long time. And he's another one that I believe I met in the hospital. And he's a little bigger now. Um Kenny has a, an unusual story as in terms of coming to Christ. You know, he has a mother and father who are committed to the Lord and we're thankful for that. He has family members who are committed to Christ and, and know, know the Lord. Um, last year, uh, Jackie Hansen went to be with the Lord. And um, Phil asked me this morning if I could share this, but... Uh, when when I did the funeral um, that day here, as we celebrated her life and her homegoing, um, Kenny was here. And um, when um, I was at the graveside, Patrick came up to me and was talking to me. Patrick's Kenny's father was talking to me about Kenny and about his desire um, to know the Lord Jesus Christ and to trust Him. And all of that came about as a result of different people investing in Kenny to that point. But the Lord brought it all to fruition that day at Jackie's funeral. And so there are no wasted moments with the Lord. And we are so, so thankful. I know Phil is. He's sitting right up front today. Thank you, Phil, for sharing that story with me. And thank you, Kenny, um, for the life of Miss Jackie, right? We thank the Lord for her. And uh, so it's wonderful to know that the Lord, listen, there are no wasted moments. He's always working. And so thank the Lord that Kenny, one day we're going to be reunited with the Lord and with Miss Jackie. And we look forward to that. So I want to ask you, Kenny, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Amen. And is it your desire to live for him? Yes, sir. All right. It is my privilege, my brother, to baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our last candidate for baptism this morning is Evan Buckner. Like I said, they do get bigger at the end. I do want to encourage you, Evan, I worked out yesterday. Not just with a fork, but I did lift some weights. I did. I did some curls thinking, I've got Evan tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, this last fall, Evan was sitting on the second row. And I'm going to try to recall this as much as I can, but he was sitting on the second row, and I don't remember the message that day. I just remember him breaking through those chairs on the front row and coming up on the stage and saying, Pastor Thad, I need to get saved. And man, I just was like, I just, it was, 
it was something, wasn't it? <laughs> and we were just up here on the stage and, and had an opportunity to, to pray together and had the opportunity to hear a young man give his life to the Lord. And I am so, so thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the opportunity I've had since that point to disciple Evan. So you pray for Evan. Uh, I meet with him as much as we can every Sunday afternoon. And uh, we enjoy meeting together. His hunger for the Word of God is absolutely amazing. Um, I just am so, so thankful. And uh, it is a privilege, Evan, to stand next to you this morning. I want to ask you, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, Evan? Yes, sir. Amen. And is it your desire, Evan, to live for him? Yes, sir. All right. What is now my privilege, my brother, to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Love you. Love you too. baptized his wife, but I didn't. I am so, so thankful, guys. I mean, just to, to be able to stand here this morning and just to be able to share uh, these few moments, not only with these young people, but with you. And I trust that each of you this morning are encouraged by what you saw and that you will pray for each and every one of those that were baptized this morning. Let's um, pray uh, together. Lord, for what you have done in the lives of these young people, we are so grateful. Thank you so much for their salvation. Thank you for the privilege this morning that we've all had to witness them publicly saying they belong to you. Thank you that we had the opportunity to, to hear them say their desire is to live for you. And those of us who are in this room who are saved and who've been saved for a while, we know the challenges that come with that. So I pray for their protection. I pray, Lord, that you'd watch over them. I pray that each one of us in this room who knows you would take on the responsibility to be actively involved in their lives spiritually and that we would set good examples for them so that they would grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as they do, that we would encourage them all along the way. So we just give you glory, because this morning is about your glory and about how you have saved five individuals and brought them to this moment where they could publicly declare before you and before all that are here today, I belong to the Lord, and I want to live for him. So we give you the honor, we give you the glory. As we continue in our worship, may your name be praised. And all this we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, who is Lord. Amen. That was awesome. We just want to continue celebrating, guys. Continue celebrating the gospel. Continue celebrating salvation. So let's all stand and let's worship the Lord together.
Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing, and mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, kindness of a savior.
death was arrested, my life began. Ash was redeemed, only beauty remained. My orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to death. When death was arrested, my life began. Oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me good, my life begins in It's your endless love pouring down on us. You have made us do our life begins with you. Release from my chains, I'm a prisoner no more. My ship was a ransom, Rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with a freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested in my life. For your so free,
When was that moment for you when you said yes to the Lord? Have you had a moment like that where you were baptized, where you professed publicly that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ? Remember that moment? For some of us, we have to go back a pretty long ways. For others, not so long. And maybe for some, you don't have that. Memory because you don't know Christ. A couple of weeks ago, I taught the youth, and I mentioned this last week, but I know that you might have forgotten one or two things I said. But my lesson two weeks ago to the youth was entitled, Will You Be in Hell? The Bible tells us that many will be. And when you think about that, that's a sad fact. There will be many that have lived, that do live today, that will continue to be born and live and reject Jesus Christ. And because of their rejection of Jesus Christ, they will spend 
in eternity in a place called hell. They will be in the lake of fire, and it's a forever place. Just like those of us who know Christ rejoice at the forever place called heaven, it is important that we also declare that the Lord has said there will be those who are separated from him for eternity. When was the last time you gave thought to that? I told the youth, and I'll say it this morning, that in an audience this size, I assume there are some who have rejected and are rejecting Jesus Christ. You have in front of you, potentially, a yellow sheet with a sermon on it. If you do not, we'll make one and send it to you. Or if you do not, and you do not attend here, and you would like to have it, you can have my copy. I'll make some more. But this is not the one that we're going to use today. (laughs) I worked on it all week, and last night the Lord changed my mind. And I know it was Him, because... I sat on my couch and I was very uncomfortable. Like, Lord, I've already got it prepared. And he's like, I know that. But I got something else I want you to talk about tomorrow. So, pastors don't want to stand up and say to an audience, I don't know where this is going, but that's what I'm going to say to you. I don't know every twist and turn. I do know I have a primary text the Lord has led me to, and it's one that I want us to consider, but with the events going on in our world, I was reminded this past week that, and we know this to be true, that people die all the time. All around the world, there's death every day. Um, When the news covers something like Ukraine and Russia, Um, we are met with it every day that we listen, every day that we watch. We're fully aware of the fact that there are men and women and children dying daily in a war, in a place that's pretty far from here. And it brought to my mind this past week, because I like to keep up with what's going on in our world, but it brought to my mind all throughout the week, Lord, when was the last time that I shared the gospel with someone? When was the last time for you? I figure since the Lord wanted me to think about it, then I probably ought to be fair and throw that question at you. If you know Christ, when was the last time you had the opportunity to share the gospel? I mean, we witnessed this morning as uh, people, five individuals who at some point recently said, Yes, Lord, I believe in what you did for me on the cross and dying for my sins. Trusting in you 
and you alone for my salvation. Isn't that exciting that we were able to witness that today? It would be nice if somehow we could convert our excitement from touchdowns to when people get saved. I think the church sometimes sits on its hands for some reasons I'm not aware of. I enjoy celebrating my hogs and I clap and I clap and I clap and I stand up and I've even put a hole in my dad's ceiling years ago because I was so excited. U.S. Reed hit a half-court shot, almost three-quarter court, and I put a hole in his ceiling. Super excited. And I'm not talking about an excitement that's somewhat fake. I'm talking about a genuine excitement that someone has come to Christ. That they are no longer bound for hell, but they're bound for heaven. When was the last time that you went fishing for men? I went fishing the very first time when I was seven years of age. And I didn't go fishing for fish. I'm not good at that. I went fishing for boys. I got saved. I'll never forget it. I got saved and the only thing that I could think about were my friends. I thought about Greg and I thought about Donnie and I thought about Clifton. I even thought about Susie who was a tomboy in the neighborhood. If you young people don't know what that was, it was a girl who liked to tackle boys in football, right? Um, I just couldn't get all of those friends off my mind. I thought about Jeff and All of those people growing up in southwest Louisiana had last names like Broussard and Thibodeau and David. Names that you may be unfamiliar with. And of course, my last name is Blunt. In the middle of all that, Boudreaux, Thibodeau, David, it's Blunt. And when the teacher would call roll, it would be like, where are you from? But I remember vividly When I got saved, going down the street and talking to my friends, because I wanted them to know Christ, I understood at that point in my life as a seven-year-old that Jesus Christ died for my sins according to the Scriptures. I understood that He rose again. And I understood that there was only life in Him. That's all I understood. And I understood there was a heaven and there was a hell And I wasn't going to hell, I was going to heaven, and I wanted all my friends to be in heaven. As I watched the television this last week, I thought, how many of those people who have died already in this war are eternally bound for hell? John Knox said, Give me Scotland or I die. Wesley said, The world is my parish. The Apostle Paul put it this way, I will become all things to all men that by some means I might win them to Christ. 
I think the church needs a little refresher on the importance of sharing the gospel. Does that sound too simple? Do you think that's true? That the church needs that reminder? I praise God that Kenny the Jet was in this congregation when we celebrated the life of Jackie Hansen. Because I shared the gospel and the Spirit of God was working in that little boy. Along with all that he had already heard. The seeds that were cast out, the the water that was thrown on those seeds. And there came a point in time where Kenny said yes. Solomon wrote. You're saying Solomon wrote. That's the Old Testament What did Solomon write? He wrote, He that winneth souls is wise. You know what that word winneth means? It's the idea of catching. It's it's a picture of a hunter catching an animal. Now I know that there are some men and maybe women in here who are avid hunters. You know how I know? Because sometimes they're not here on a Sunday. And I know where they are. They've already told me that. I'm going hunting this weekend. Have a great time. Their goal for that hunt is to catch an animal, a deer, to shoot that thing, and to eat that meat. That's the picture that Solomon paints. He that winneth Souls is wise. He that catches souls is wise. (laughs) But if you're going to catch souls, what do you got to do? You got to go out there and do what? Share. I assume in an audience this size that there are believers. In fact, I know many in here who profess to know Jesus Christ. And I know that many in here have told me that they have family and friends that don't know Christ. You have family and friends that don't know Christ? I do. I have one particular family member in mind, and I've had this person, him, in mind for a long time. And every time I want to suppress that thought, the Lord brings it back. Hey, Thad, don't forget. And the next time you have an opportunity, say something about me. And if you're like me, it's, well, I'll get around to it. We're pretty good at procrastination, wouldn't you say? But here's the reality of it is that as the scriptures tell us, there's only one that knows our days. We don't know them. The Bible says it's been appointed unto man. Well, listen to this. It's been appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Might I say, based on what God's word says, every single person in this room will stand before Jesus Christ. 
You do not have to come and sit before me. You can avoid me. You can run the other direction. You can say, I know where Thad's office is. I'm not going. That's okay. But there's an appointment you won't miss. You won't be late for. There'll be no excuse. Well, I've got a headache. I've got a sore throat. No, no, no. Every single person, and I say this with all the love that I know, every single person in this room will stand before Jesus Christ. And you'll stand before him declared righteous because of your trust in what Jesus did for you on the cross, or you will stand before him condemned. In our culture today, that's too harsh. That just sounds so unloving, doesn't it? Guys, um, I'm a teddy bear. I love you. There's a lot of you I don't know in here today, but I love you. And you know the thing that I want most for you? To know Christ. Well, I want to take you just briefly to Matthew chapter 4. I want to show you something. Matthew chapter 4. This is not the initial meeting with these disciples. John records that one for us. So chronologically, the Lord already knows these guys and they already know him. But it's what Jesus says to them that the Lord brought me to last night. I don't have a 50-minute message. My heart's very full. But I wanted to make some observations just briefly with you about what we are told here in relationship to Jesus in his dialogue, a short dialogue with these men. Verse 18 of Matthew chapter 4 says, Now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. So notice that he is walking by the Sea of Galilee. So that the Sea of Galilee is 13 miles by 7 miles. So He's not in the middle of the sea. He's walking by the sea. Which which is important in light of what the two brothers are doing. It says, He saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were, what? They were fishermen. Three types of fishing took place in that culture. One of them, I think we can, or I think all of them we kind of, kind of relate to, although I'm not a fisherman, so I'm going to try to explain this. There was stick fishing with a string. That's what they did. I've kind of done that, right? Back in the day, my, my parents lived in southwest Louisiana, and in the corner of our backyard, we had a lot of uh, bamboo. And you know what you do with bamboo? You, you cut it down, and, and you fish with it. Right? If you want to get ticks, you can go in the middle of all that bamboo. But nonetheless, that's what people in Louisiana did at one time. It was cane pole fishing. So 
I don't know that it was exactly the same, but they had stick fishing. There was also dragnet fishing, which was done in the middle of the sea. It wasn't done next to the shore. They were out. It was typically more than just one boat that would be involved in that, but two boats. That's why when you come to the stories in the gospel and you read there were several boats going out, well, that's what they were doing. They're fishing. I don't think they had a carnival cruise line on the Sea of Galilee. So there was dragnet fishing, and then there was casting a net like we come to here. And that could be done on the shore, but it could be done even waist-deep in water. And they would have around the net these, these weights, and they would take that cast net and they would throw it, and they would scoop it, obviously with the weight, it would sink, and they would scoop up fish, hopefully, right? Plural. So when I come to this, I see something here that I don't know that I've ever, I know I haven't ever put this note in my Bible. I may have said it before, but it says they were casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. They were workers. They were laborers. Fishing was work. And if you were a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee, you just didn't go one time. If that was your business, you went today, and then you went tomorrow, and then you went no matter the results. You just kept going. So I got to thinking, you know what? That's got some good stuff for us to consider. Because Jesus is about to tell these guys, you're going to fish for men. And when you're fishing for men, when you're sharing the gospel, do you always see the results at that moment? Answer, no. You're not always reeling them in. But what do you do? You give up and say, ah, that person's never going to come to Christ. Or do you throw the net back out there? Answer, you throw the net back out there. You do just like these fishermen did. If you're going to be a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee, just like if you're going to be a fisherman today, patience is required. So if I know you and you know me, and if a person says I'm not a patient person, they might not be a fisherman. Because fishermen, it takes patience to fish. And so when I see these guys and their occupation, I look at this and I go, you know what, there's a lot the Lord taught these men just through what they did. They would exchange their nets for fishing for men. But the Bible tells us here they were laborers. So I got to thinking about that. And I'm like, think about all the perseverance and just the labor that's required to be a fisherman. And I got to thinking about just a few chapters later. And I thought, I wonder what those fishermen thought when Jesus made this observation in Matthew chapter 9. In Matthew chapter 9, it tells us in verse 36 that Jesus seeing the people, he felt compassion for them. Let's pause for a moment. Maybe that's part of the problem today when it comes to sharing the gospel. Maybe there needs to be a little more compassion on our part. Right? We need to see beyond the person to the fact that they're going to spend eternity somewhere. The Bible tells us that he felt compassion for them, Jesus did, because they were distressed and dispirited 
like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, these guys, the harvest is plentiful, but the what are few? Workers, laborers. Oh, well, if you're those fishing guys, you're like, hey, I know that. Fishing takes work. It takes patience. It takes perseverance. It's all the time, right? And I can just envision these guys, right? You're waking up one morning, you're going fishing. Maybe the day before wasn't so good, and you're like, ugh. And you're out there, and you're doing it again, and you're doing it again the next day, and the next, and the next, because it's your livelihood. Our livelihood as believers, we can fish for fish. But we've been charged, just like these guys, to fish for men. No matter what the response. Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, he says, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. To send out who into his harvest? Workers. Now, I don't, I'm not saying this to you personally, but as a culture, we are lazy. A lot of people want a lot for nothing. And it's like, hold on a second. Work. I can't imagine going to my dad at 16 and saying, yeah, I just don't want to work. Now, that was back a couple of years ago. But my dad would have told me, turn yourself right back around and go get a job. You're going to work. I remember when I graduated from high school, he gave me a little lecture. Lecture. His lectures were one way. I was invited to participate. I was out cleaning my car and he said, son, I want you to go to Bible college for a year. I'm like, Okay. I wasn't like too thrilled about it. But he said, I want you to know one thing you're not going to do. You're not going to sit at the house and do nothing. You're going to go to school or you're going to go get a job. And I thought, Bible college sounds pretty good. I'll go for a year. <laughs> I ended up staying five and a half years. We don't need to be lazy when it comes to witnessing, guys. I want you to know I am talking to myself. The mirror is right here. Talking, The Lord already challenged me with this. It's interesting. I want to tell you what that word beseech because Jesus says therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest it means to beg beg the Lord make an urgent appeal did you know how important that word is beseech now you have it and I have it in the text and it occurs later in the sentence or excuse me, the second word in the sentence. But in the Greek language, it's the first word. Beseech, beg, beg the Lord. Go to him, urgently appealing to him. 
to send out laborers into his harvest field. And listen to me, in our culture today, it's prime time. There's a prime time opportunity for us as laborers if we will accept that responsibility to share the gospel of Christ. Have you thought about in Ukraine, the church, and in Russia, the church, and what's going on today in the church? I'm talking about with believers. We need to pray for those people. I hope you've already been doing that. Praying for the church in Ukraine. Praying for the pastors and leaders and missionaries in Ukraine and in Russia and in the surrounding countries. Praying for them. What a prime opportunity it is to share the good news of the gospel of Christ. There are enough people here in the United States that are nervous. Let's share the gospel. So that's the first observation I see is these guys were laborers, they were workers. The Lord would use that. In fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus, secondly, here in this text, was committed to training them. In fact, he promised he would do that. Look at verse 19 of Matthew 4. And he said to them, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Remember I said this is not their initial call. This is their call, right? That Jesus says, look, you follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm promising I'm going to train you. I'm going to equip you. Now this is what happens in our culture. Church culture. There are a lot of videos. There's lots of training. There's lots of talking. There's lots of discussion. How much action is there? It's a good question to consider. I was reading a statistic, and I think it's appropriate to share this. Barna did this study um, about sharing the gospel. And Barna Research Group came up with this, that nine out of ten people who attempt to explain what they believe to others walk away from the experience feeling like a failure because of a lack of confidence in their presentation. I read that, I was like, yeah, I believe that. And so if you feel frustrated about the presentation, then what what are you going to do? Stop. You're going to stop. So that's why years ago when I was leading the youth ministry and we would go out and we would share and there were different things that we did. One of the exercises I had the students do is write out their testimony. Write it out. Write out when you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Write out the essentials of the gospel. What are they? Do you know what the essentials of the gospel are? Well, we have to start with a thing called sin, don't we? We could even back up before that if you wanted to start with in the beginning God and lay out the plan of the coming of Jesus Christ. There are different approaches to that. So you could start with that and then get, but eventually you're going to get to the issue of the problem. And the problem is sin. And you know, guys, think about this. Think about how loving our God is. That Adam sinned. And because Adam sinned, death entered. Not only physical death, but more importantly, spiritual separation from God. 
Uh-oh, man's got a problem. How are we going to get to God? Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? It's great. It's great. It's wonderful. Because Jesus himself said at the end of his ministry, as you're studying, and so, so many of you are faithfully doing this, you're studying John, John 13 through 17, and, and what did Jesus himself say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. See, so there is the way, and that's through Christ. And it's so wonderful, but yet it's so rejected. It saddens me. So many have rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ, and yet the Lord himself is so loving. He's so loving as to come and to die. Jesus promised to train his disciples, and he did. He trained them for three years. But along the way, he gave them opportunity. We don't have time this morning, but if you go to Matthew 10, he sends them out. The church needs more of a commitment than just seminars. Hey, look, and I, I want to tell you, I do not have the gift of evangelism. I don't have that gift. I'm scared to death. When I'm standing in front of somebody, standing in front of you, I'm scared to death. I'm standing in front of one person, I'm scared to death. But you know what I have found over my Christian life? That the Spirit of God just takes all that away. And before I know it, I'm speaking these words, I'm like, where? This isn't me. It's the Spirit of God. Isn't that wonderful? So I've had to throw away the excuse, Lord, I just can't talk to that person. Oh, yes, you can. I can do it through you. I wonder how many times the disciples just recalled time with the Lord when they were actually out and making disciples after Jesus' ascension. How many times they recalled things like this. I will make you become fishers of men. And what did Jesus do? He fulfilled his promise. He did. Well, one of the things that I wanted to mention to you, and you can look this up on your own, but in the Gospel of Mark, in Mark's account of this situation here, we find ourselves... He inserts another word there. And I like it. In Mark's gospel, you see here in Matthew's gospel, he says, I will make you fishers of men. In Mark's gospel, he says, I will make you become fishers of men. Ah. You say, what's the big deal about that? Process. It's process. I mean, yes. Hey, there was something about when I was saved, when I was seven, I didn't have all the... Uh, you know, the Romans road and all that kind of stuff. I just was like, I'm going down the street and telling my friends they need Christ, they're sinners. And you know what I did? I went down the street and told them, hey, you're a sinner and you need Christ. And I got great news for you. He died for your sins. He died for mine. Now, if you do that, think about going down to your neighbor and saying, hey, you're a sinner and you need Christ. I love you. You might get hurt.
I don't know all of you in here. But I want all of you in here to know Christ. You know the way our culture treats heaven? Sad. They talk about the man upstairs. Every time somebody dies, they're always in heaven. They're looking down on you. They're this, they're that. They're an angel now. They got their wings now. No. No to all that. No. No. Please don't put they got their wings on Facebook. That's inaccurate. Heaven is a place, as Jesus told his disciples, that he's preparing for those that know him. And heaven is about Jesus Christ. And one day, all of us in this room that have said, yes, you are my Savior and you are my Lord, one day you're going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. No matter what man makes heaven, God's word has declared what heaven is and who's there. It seems like yesterday I was seven years old. Now I'm 57. Time goes by. You're going to blink and you're going to die. Time goes like that. Life's a vapor. We're here today, gone tomorrow. But when we're gone, where are we? You say, oh, well, you know, we'll just kind of go somewhere. And of course, according to the news, everybody's going to heaven. But that's not true. So since I know that the Bible says the road is narrow that leads to life and, and wide that leads to destruction, that's a problem. Just with Scripture. So the reality is this, that there are a lot of people heading down the wrong road. And because I love you, I want you to head down the right road. That right road, at the end of that road, is Jesus Christ and his cross. And his sacrifice that satisfied the wrath of God. Think about this. I'm not going to get the wrath of God because I trusted in Jesus as my Savior. But if you go through this life and you reject Jesus Christ and the offer, the loving offer of salvation, you will, for an eternity, pay the debt. And you'll never be released. You know, one of the things that's difficult to kind of get across to people in a way that's loving, so I hope this comes across in a loving manner, is that there's heaven and there's hell. And that's it. There's not a holding tank. There's not these stages to heaven. It's you trust Christ now, and you get heaven. If you reject Christ, you're going to get hell. If I was in a, some churches, I'd have masses of people leaving, right? That's just not fair. That's not right. 
Well, I'm glad I'm not getting what's fair. Because if I got what was fair, I'm going to get what everybody else gets that rejects Christ. I am saved by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. I'm no special person. I'm a man who is a sinner saved by grace. Well, one last thing. Look at verse 19. He said to them, Andrew and Peter, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Notice that word men is plural. You say, Thad, you sure are on a lot of these plurals and singulars and all that. That's, that's just who I am. It's plural. When a fisherman goes to fish, I just want to catch a fish. No. You want to catch a truckload of fish, don't you? You want to put a pile of fish in a bucket. I guess that's what you do with them. I don't know what you do with them. But if you catch them and you want to cook them and fry them and make some hush puppies, I'll come sit with you. They got this place. In uh, Aniana, Charlie B's. Ah, side story. Somebody took uh, the what do you call that pipe off of our van, catalytic converter, and stole it off the church van. Anyway, one great thing that came out of it is when I took the the, the van to Aniana. I got to stop by Friday with Lloyd Lett, and we ate at Charlie B's. And let me tell you something. They got some good food. I'm going to make you hungry. I had fried catfish. I had hush puppies. I love potatoes, and I love gravy. And, and my heart doctor wouldn't like to have been traveling with me on Friday because I had nothing green on my plate. Nothing green on my plate. Now I had something yellow. But it was in a different place, Peach Cobble. <laughs> it's all good. When a fisherman goes out to fish, he's looking for more than one. Love the way Jesus says this. He says, I'll make you fishers of men. All men. It's the word mankind. Go out and fish for all of them. Well, you got two things left. Then you can go to Charlie B's. <laughs> Are they open on Sunday? That is some good food. A missionary to Africa told the story of an elderly woman who was reached with the gospel. Listen to this. Though she was blind and could neither read nor write, she wanted to share her newfound faith with others. 
she went to the missionary and asked for a copy of the Bible in French. And when she got it, she asked the missionary to underline John 3.16 in red and mark the page it was on so she could find it. The missionary wanted to see what she would do, and so one day he followed her. In the afternoon, just before school let out, she made her way to the front door. And as the boys came out of the school, as they were dismissed, she would step up and ask each individual boy if he knew how to read French. And when he said yes, she would ask him to read the verse that was marked in red, John 3, 16. And then she would ask, do you know what this means? And tell them about Christ. The missionary, this is the rest of the story. The missionary said that 24 of the schoolboys that that lady led to the Lord became pastors. One lady fishing for men. You know what John 3.16 says? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. I hope when you walked in I hope it's not like the yellow sheet because I saw a few of you shaking your head no. But that's all right. That's just the first sermon. So if you don't want to read that one, that's all right. I'm not offended. But did everybody get a card? Did you get a card when you walked in? Good. Okay, I see some. And if you don't have a card, you could get a sheet of paper out. But on one side of the sheet of paper, I'm going to ask you to do something. I wrote the date. In case you don't know what today is. In case you're just waking up. It's 2-27-22. On the other side of the card, I wrote a person's name. And I put on top of that, just above the name, I wrote start with. So 2-27-22. Write down the name of one person. Just one that you want to start with, that you're going to pray about an opportunity to share the life-changing message of the gospel of Christ. Now be careful. I'm just going to warn you. We got a God who works. So when you write the name down, expect something to happen. Just like that little lady who stood outside of that school and 24 came to know Christ and serve the Lord well that was the replacement message for this morning I trust that the Lord is going to use that in your life as much as he's used it in the last oh 17 hours or so in my life let's pray together Lord, thank you for what we witnessed today. Amazing time to be able to 
see five individuals declare that they belong to you and that they want to live for you. Oh, Lord, I am begging you that you would protect them in their witness. They would walk with you and that we would, as a congregation of believers, those of us who know you, would come alongside of them and encourage them in their faith. Lord, as you looked out on the multitudes, the Bible tells us you felt compassion, what Matthew records. And you told your disciples the harvest was plentiful, but the laborers are few. Oh God, help us not to be sideline Christians, but help us to engage people with love and a message of hope because that's what we have we have a message of hope and that hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ help us we pray by your spirit to be faithful to the call that you've given us in the name of Christ amen guys um, Pat said his heart was full I think a lot of us have full hearts this morning and one of the Things that a full heart uh, fosters is uh, a heart of gratitude, right? And so that's the message of this song. I pray that it ministers to you. You guys listen to the words as we close the service.
Amen. Thank you, uh, guys. I wanted to close our service this morning uh, by praying for the Ukraine church and for the Russian church and for the souls of men over there. And uh, when I say men, I mean men, women, children, that they would come to know Christ and that the church there would persevere. And uh, next week we begin our missions conference here at Grace. And um, you know, we believe in missions not only here, but around the world, and um, I trust that you will um, make every effort to be a part of that. Uh, if you're visiting with us today, we're thrilled that you've been a part of our service, and I know many of you probably have your place of worship, but you're always welcome to walk through these doors. We'd love to see you, all right? So why don't we stand, and uh, I'll close us in prayer this morning. Father in God, we know that everything that's going on in our world is eventually leading to the coming of our Savior. Help us not to lose sight of that, but in the midst of that, Lord, there's going to be pain and sorrow, not only here, but around the world. This morning, as a congregation of people, we are thinking about our Ukraine brothers and sisters in Christ about our Russian brothers and sisters in Christ and all of the things they're having to endure, we commit them to you. We pray for their safety, for their perseverance during trial as they're literally going through it hour after hour, moment by moment. We know, Lord, you will show yourself strong in their lives and so we pray for them and Lord, the encouragement that you alone can be to them during this time. 
We also pray for the souls of men, for men and women and children that during this time, Lord, in Ukraine and Russia, that the church will rise up and that the gospel will be shared and souls will be saved. And so for any that are even in this building this morning that do not know you, I pray, Lord, that you, your Holy Spirit would work in their heart. You tell us in your word that the Spirit of God convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so I pray that your Spirit would work in the hearts of people here this morning. May you encourage us, Lord, to continue the race. And as we're running the race, help us not to forget to fish for men. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. You are dismissed.